0: Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host, Brent Naktagal. I'm coming to you today from Edstone, England, where I'll be for another few days before my family and I return back to Jerusalem, Israel. We've just had a wonderful time here. We've had some beautiful weather. Uh, we haven't got some rain over the last couple of days in typical British fashion, which was nice since it'd been so warm and sunny. Uh, but I, do go, I am going to bring you some uh, archaeological News Today. A couple of stories we're going to get to. Mr. Christopher Eames isn't with me today, so all of you that were holding out for him, I apologize. But you have two weeks of programming uh, to go back and listen to if you didn't catch those uh, interviews with, with Chris. I'm going to talk about this re- release of Discovery that was made this week. Or at least the the discovery itself was this was released this week in Haaretz newspaper about a wall that was found in Lachish, a biblical city in uh, the southern part of Judah, uh, a border area with the Philistines, the second or the second biggest city in ancient Judah. And this is uh, really remarkable, because it was a discovery of a period of this city that has been in question for a number of years, and this is kind of affirming the biblical period of King Rehoboam—Rehoboam was the son of Solomon—that resided over the the united monarchy until it split shortly after his rule and so we're going to get to that into the second half of today's show so please hang around for that it's really important it is a an important discovery before we get to that though i want to talk about a uh, less important discovery but nevertheless uh interesting and this relates to something that we actually found back in 2007 and 8 when we were excavating in this area called area g uh, of dr elat mazaz excavations, which is basically on or adjacent to the Area G of Yigal Shalou's excavations back in the 1980s, right there in the northern part of the city of David. And it relates to eggs, eggs, eggshells, and whether eggs were consumed back then, 2,600 years ago. This article, there were a number of articles, obviously, that that posted this um, in Israeli news sources. And this one I've got here is from Haaretz as well. It's entitled, 2006-year-old Jerusalem discovery leaves archaeologists shell-shocked. And the quip reads, Until now, archaeologists had beliefs that chickens were domesticated for the sake of watching them fight, which the ancients found marvelously entertaining. And so this article goes through the fact that we found back in um, 2007 and eight eggshells, I think we actually found some in the field while we were excavating, and then the rest were found in wet sifting, and then they went to be analyzed, and Alan, a professor here, uh, has done the analysis of those eggs, and we'll talk about that in a second, Professor Zahar Amar, uh, as we'll get to, but I'm just going to quote here from the beginning part uh, of this article, so says here, now archaeologists analyzing garbage in Jerusalem from the late first temple period have concluded that among other animal-based proteins, the ancient Jerusalemites ate eggs. And so if you have made eggs part of your regular breakfast, you might be just like the ancient Jews there in Jerusalem around King, uh, King Zedekiah's time into Jeremiah's time. It continues, The time was one ruled by the Babylonians who, under the notorious King Nebuchadnezzar, had conquered the kingdom of Judah and neighboring lands. They rolled into Jerusalem itself in 597 BCE and controlled it through the vassal king Zedekiah. Zedekiah seems, as it talks a little bit about him, and then it talks about these eggs, eggshells, that were found in the city of David Uh, back when we were excavating that. But it takes a while, I guess, to do the study. Now to the study itself that was made of them. The eggshell fragments dating from 2,600 years ago in Jerusalem had been found by Dr. Elot Mazar of Hebrew University excavating in the so-called City of David. I don't know why they call it so-called City of David. It's really interesting because um, the City of David actually is the ancient name. (laughs) of this area, if you look in the Bible, it's called the city of David. Uh, You can read 2 Samuel chapter 5, uh, I think it's about verse 6 or 7 there. It talks about how King David, once he conquered uh, the former Jebusite stronghold of Zion, he called it the city of David, the city of David, David. And so it is not supposedly the city of David or the so-called city of David. It is, in fact, the city of David. Of course, they don't want to call it that today. They would rather call it by uh, an Arabic name. Nevertheless, that is the ancient name uh, of that area. The new study is based on, now I'm reading back from Ha'aretz, the new study is based on fresh analysis of the ancient remains by Professor Zahar Amar of, of bar University University in, in the south, uh, the fragments were found in the garbage of what had been the city's government compound during the first temple period. And so that's right, you're excavating uh, in these refuse layers and then destruction layers of this period from, from uh, Jeremiah's time. Basically, you're on the side of the hill um, where a lot of the material remains were thrown off the top of the hill where people inhabited and threw their trash out the window or something like that, or even in the destruction. We have a bunch of fill, meters of dirt and pottery, and bones, fish bones, animal bones. We actually had a couple of dogs there as well. Um, and now we also had egg cells uh eggshell sorry uh, in the in the trash the sheer fact that the shell bits were found in trash and the quantity attests to that test that they were discards from consumption amari explains if people were raising chickens to be decorative to love or to kill each other the eggshells would be in their version of chicken coops not in the kitchens uh, kitchen trash enough Enough large fragments were found among the hundreds of shell bits to reconstruct the ancient eggshells using an algorithm de- developed by Dr. Av- Avshalom uh, Karasik of the Israel Antiquities Authority to reconstruct pottery. So basically they, they looked at the dimensions of the remnants of these shells, large fragments of the shells, and they can basically uh, recreate the size of the shell and the shape of the shell from that. And what they un- uncovered was that the shell and the eggs, about the same as the shell and the eggs that we eat today. <laughs> so nothing nothing has changed in about 2,600 years in terms of egg shells uh, and the chicken egg. It averaged about 50 millimeters high and its maximum diameter was 40 millimeters, and the total volume of the eggshell was 61 cubic centimeters. And it writes, that is the same as medium to large sized Israeli eggs for what it's worth. And so I thought that was worth interesting, just because it came out of the excavation that we're involved in, and it talks, It's it, it, it um, details how specific the study can get of all the material remains that we find and the, how interesting it can be. I mean, the, the fish bones, I forget the study that's in the final report about the fish bones, but it talks about the, from, from the, 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 the bones that they found, they can detail the type of fish that were eaten on a regular basis. They can look at the percentage of which types of fish. All of them were clean, clean fish. Uh, that were found there in, in in this area as well, with the, in the same context as these eggshells, because of the dietary restrictions that God placed on the Israelites if they kept those laws back in Leviticus. And here we have this period, uh, right during the time of Jeremiah, and those health laws, uh, or the dietary laws, were still being kept. And so I'll leave a link to this article if you want to read up on eggshells. But if I had a number of people email this through just because it related to the excavations that we were a part of uh, back in 2006, 7, and 8. We will take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be discussing this new wall that was found in southern Israel at the city of Lachish and what it tells us about biblical accuracy from the early First Temple period. This is Watch Jerusalem, where history and prophecy come alive. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host, Brent Naktagal. I'm talking now about the kingdom of David, Solomon, and Rehoboam. This is the early united monarchy, a period in which the Bible says existed, but academics and scholars in Israel today, some of those that have researched into this the most, say that it didn't exist. And we on this program talk a lot about this period of David and Solomon because of how critical it is to the whole Biblical, biblical narrative it is the promises made to David and through his son Solomon of this royal line of David uh, would go on to the Messiah. That's what the Bible says. And so, um, the biblical accuracy is at threat here from certain archaeologists. Biblical historicity, as they would see it, trying to do away with the biblical truth from this period of King David and Solomon. Now, this discovery doesn't relate to Solomon. It relates to Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, again, I think he began to rule around 931. Uh when I'm, it was what's popping into my brain here. Maybe it's got it in this article in front of me 931. And then he ruled, um, he didn't rule as long as Solomon, a shorter rule, perhaps 20 or 30 years. We'll get to that. Um, but this article here is important, and this discovery is important because in this city of Lachish. I actually went back there in two thousand and twelve and thirteen for a tour and there 's a lot of remains from the biblical period there 's a lot of remains from the time of jeremiah there 's a lot of remains from the time of King Hezekiah, of course King Hezekiah and the face off he had with Sennacherib the Assyrian king a lot of that took place that main uh, the main victory that Sennacherib let's say had over Judah were were uh was at these outside cities not Jerusalem Lachish being the second largest city as the bible says describes and those his taking over of that that city is is memorialized in those reliefs these wall sculptures basically that were in his palace back in Nineveh that have since been removed and are now in the British Museum in this nation uh here today in England and so they can be seen. So this this all came and details this history at Lachish. But going back before then, there were a couple of layers from the biblical period, and let's say the biblical period sometime after King David, that didn't have strict dating and um, were and didn't have many walls attached to those defines from the earlier periods. And so it was very difficult for people to go and talk about this side of Lachish as fulfilling everything that the Bible describes. Now, the Bible doesn't really talk about Lachish during David and Solomon's reign, but it is introduced to the biblical narrative uh, in terms of this pe- his- this period during the time of Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Let's read this article now, it is from Ha'aretz, and it's by Nir Hassan, and he is interviewing for this the director of the Renewed Excavations here at Lachish uh, Yossi Garfinkel from Hebrew University. Um, Someone, I think he is actually the director of the Archaeological Institute uh, at Hebrew University right now. This is what uh, this article says, and I'll leave a link if you want to read through. I do think it's important to read this because this is, again, this is another one of those discoveries that is trying to, that destroys the argument um, of others that say, say that the United Monarchy was, was nothing, that David was a petty tribal chieftain and so was Solomon, and it follows through that his grandson uh, uh, Rehoboam was as well. It says this: the city of Lachish in central Israel may go back to time immemorial. The question on archaeologists' minds was whether the ancient settlement, excavated numerous times in the last 80 years, was fortified, was a fortified city in the time of King Rehoboam. Now, new discoveries indicate that it may have been exactly that, and may support the biblical narrative but not everyone is buying it. Okay, we'll get to the not everyone that's buying it um, after, because all these people that say that they're not going to find this in this Bibli- in this city of Lachish, are not going to find the biblical narrative in this story, in this history of Lachish, um, they've already put out their theories. They've already put out their theories of when these scriptures here in Second Chronicles were written. Many of those say that these were written long after the fact because many authors, well, many archaeologists and academics today would like to put Second Chronicles being written as one of the last books in the Bible, which it was, um, but they put it 300 years after the fact, perhaps during the time of the Maccabees. And so they say, as Israel Finkelstein wrote a paper about back in 2011, that this fortification of of these different cities, including Lachish, by Rehoboam here that we're about to read, were actually um, fortifications that were made in the Hellenistic period by the Maccabees, and that history was put back on the king uh, Rehoboam. It didn't happen back then. Well, let's read what it says here. Chapter 11, 2 Chronicles 11, verse 5. And Rehoboam dwelt in Jerusalem and built cities for defense in Judah. He built even Bethlehem, and Etam, and Tekoa, and Bethzer, and Soho, and Adullam and Gath, and Merisha and Ziph, and verse 9, and Adoram, and Lachish, and Azekah. And so we have a specific mention to a king, Jeho- uh, Jer- uh, Rehoboam, sorry. And he is in this, what we call the Iron 2A period, early Iron Age, a period that belongs, uh, as far as material culture goes, through David Solomon and into his reign, um, the Bible says that he built up Rehoboam. Except up to this point, we haven't found much proof of a defense, a fortified city from Rehoboam's time. And so, since we haven't found it yet, what's the natural thing that anti-Bible scholars are going to do? Well, they're going to publish that it hasn't been found yet, found yet or hasn't been found, and therefore it doesn't exist. But for those that are patient, who go back there and excavate again, maybe excavate in a different site, in a different spot on the hill, on the tell, knowing that it's impossible to excavate an entire tell because of resources and time and all of that, maybe they'll find something. And that's what Yossi Garfinkel did. Going back to this Ha'aretz piece here. The earliest known mention of Lachish is in the Amarna letters. A series of diplomatic exchanges on clay tablets from the 14th century BCE. The Bronze Age, according to archaeologists, or the Canaanite period going by the Bible. The letters were found accidentally by an Egyptian field worker in the 19th century and so on. Uh, then it talks about how it was um, destroyed in the 12th century BCE. And then it talks about how the next, next thing that we have is the Bible talking about King Rehoboam building this up. In all the excavations of Lachish, it continues, there were no signs of a fortified city during Rehoboam's day until now. Until now. Speaking at Hebrew University of Jerusalem's archaeology conference two weeks ago, Professor Yossi Garfinkel, head of the university's Institute of Archaeology, described the discovery of a previously unknown wall based on carbon dating of olive pits found there. The wall dates exactly to Rehoboam's time. And he quotes Garfinkel. We have discovered that Lachish was a fortified city and that it was established around the year 920 BCE, smack dab in the middle of the reign of Rehoboam. There it is. We found the wall and we have both the pottery from that early period. And if you don't believe that that pottery helps date us to this wall or date this wall to Rehoboam's reign, we also have carbon samples. The discovery heralds the return of a raging argument over the link between biblical texts and finds in the field. The key battle in Israel archaeological circles has narrowed in recent years to whether the united monarchy of Israel and Judah ruled by David and Solomon from Jerusalem in the 10th century really existed, and if so, what it was like. I love this. I love how they say that this argument over the link between biblical texts and finds has narrowed. Why is it narrowed? Well, we just keep on finding more and more and more evidence that so much of the biblical period during the time of the kings of Israel and Judah is proven in archaeology through what's discovered. The material culture that is found does match up with the biblical text. And so now we have to go back further and further, and the window of um, elements of that history that has not been fully proven becomes smaller and smaller. Until the point eventually, I believe we're going to have to look at the period from David onward, and I already think you can make this case that archaeology does prove it. What has been found does support the biblical text sure there has there is um, there is a lot um that hasn't been found in terms of uh, David's period or what more could be found. There is certainly more to be found, but what has has been found certainly does prove um a David that ruled over more than just a bunch of hillbillies on a hill in Jerusalem, a David that had a kingdom, a David that was able to project his power all the way to the border of his kingdom with the Philistines, as Herbet Kaepha proves. And now we have in, Ria, in uh, Lachish, uh, further to the south, we have a, another excavation that is another tell that is yielding finds to a period 50 years after David Traditionalists claim biblical descriptions of a powerful kingdom in the Judean Hills do exist. Critics, the minimalist school, point to at point at unbridgeable gaps between biblical texts and actual archaeological finds. The pivotal question is what the towns in the Shephelah Yehuda were really like three thousand years ago. So these this territory, basically from Jerusalem towards the southwest towards the coast, before you get to the Philistine territories, um, it's talking about um, this area. That's a pivotal question. What was it like 3,000 years ago? This is believed this is believed that the small kingdom ruled, uh, ruled from Jerusalem would have s- expanded into this area first. Lachish is a two-day walk from Jerusalem. It was fortified in the late 10th century BCE that could attest that a united monarchy under David and Solomon was already growing when that century had begun. Okay, critics say that the kingdom of Judah only began to expand and wield infra- influence in the 9th century BCE. So they're t- saying maybe Uzziah's reign, maybe Jotham's reign in the 800s. That's when Judah started to really become bigger, as the minimalist school would say. Now I'm going to quote Gar- Mr. Garfinkel now. It says here during the Late Bronze Age, Lachish was a very large, grand Canaanite city. Then in the 12th century BCE, it was destroyed and stood waste for 200 to 250 years. The big question for research in the city is what happened in layer 5? Now, Layer 5 is a critical um, layer of the city. Of course, this, this is a wonderful tell, a wonderful mound of cities that are built on top of each other, a city, an ancient city, like this Canaanite city from the 12th century, gets destroyed, uh, it gets leveled out at some point, or maybe it's uh, eroded or in some fashion, and then you have other people that are going to come later on, 250 years later, and start building there. They're going to build there, but they're not going to remove entirely the previous city below. They are just going to level it out a bit, of it, bit probably bring some more dirt in, and um, build on top of the ruins. And that's what you have. And that's why you have these different layers here in this city. Layer 6 belonged to the Canaanites. Layer 5, we see a change of material culture. The pottery is different. And up to this point, there weren't too many walls associated or, or fortifi- fortifications associated with Period 5 or Layer 5. Then when you get to Layer 4, that's probably during the 8th century, um, This city that was destroyed, I think, probably by the Arameans. And then once you get to Layer 3, uh, that city was the one that was destroyed, if, if memory serves me correctly. Um uh, by, Sennacherib, by uh, Sennacherib. Maybe I've got those two mixed up. Um, nevertheless, Layer 5 is the one that, that up to this point, we assume was from the early Iron Age, Iron Two, early biblical period, early period of, of David Solomon Rehoboam. But it was very hard to get and attach to the material culture a wall of significance. And so it was hard to say until now, until these renewed excavations at Lachish, that we had construction, as the Bible says, from Rehoboam's time. The big question for research in the city is what happened in layer 5. That corresponds to the early period of the Iron Age. Is that a fortified city or a village? If it was a city, when was it built? Some say in the time of Solomon, David and Solomon, the early 10th century. Others think it was only built in the late 9th century. Now this is the jackpot moment of this excavation, and um, as, as reported to here uh, by Haaretz. He, meaning Garfinkel, began searching for a wall that would be typical of fortifications, thick and strong. And then he quotes him. We looked in three places, and ultimately, in the northern section of the tell, we found a wall between layer 6 and layer 4. So this is the critical layer of this city when we have Israelites or Jews coming to build it up again after its destruction and laying fallow there for 200 years. That's layer 5. And we found a wall that is different to layer 6 below it and different to layer 4 above it. And so we have, stratigraphically, another period, another period of construction and use. Later, after finding that, the excavators reached a floor. A floor. This is a habitation layer, meaning that somebody lived in this building, in this fortification, attached to this wall in layer five. That's very important. Reached a floor that stretches all the way to the wall, which could be used, sorry, which could be dated using olive pits found beneath the floors. Sample pits, Samples of the pits were taken to the particle accelerator at Oxford, which ruled that the wall had been built around 920 BCE, which was exactly the rule of Rehoboam, son of Solomon and grandson of David. And so what you have here is great. You have a construction of a wall and the wall there in use relating to a floor where people were living, habitating, uh, uh, living here uh, in this area and the 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 date just below the floor so this is talking about before the the building was inhabited when it was constructed relates to king rehoboam's time which exactly was the rule of rehoboam son of solomon grandson of david and so this is pretty amazing this is what you want to find in archaeology. I mean, this this is actually, while well, well, of course you want to find gold and you want to find seal impressions and you want to find um, every other important small find, something you can take off the site, this is the real work of archaeology right here. You're going to find what you find. You find the stuff that's in the ground. You're going to find bully or you're going to find gold, or whatever's there is there. You can't help that. But to find a structure, to find large, massive walls, and then to be able to date those walls through pottery, through carbon dating, through other means. That is the science of archaeology. To shrink the window of time in which that wall could be constructed. And then you can say, well, we have a date. We have a date for the construction of this wall, 920." This is like totally separate from the Bible. Put the Bible aside for one second here. Do the archaeology and see, oh, we have a wall here and it's from and and we know it was built and used at 920 BC. And then you look at the relevant historical documents, which in the case of this territory would be the Bible. So you look at the Bible. Where does it mention Lachish? Okay, it mentions it in several passages. What happens at Lachish? Well, it's mentioned again in several passages, as I said before, Jeremiah's time, Hezekiah's time, and earlier. And it also mentions that Rehoboam built it. And okay, so what 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 dates have been associated through uh, relative chronol or absolute chronology of the kings of ancient Israel to nine twenty to this other date that we we found separate from the Bible? Well, it actually matches up with the very person that the Bible says built this. Fortified city, Rehoboam. And so you have a match. You have a match to the biblical a biblical text. We have a fortified city being constructed at Lachish at 920 in archaeology, and we also have that taking place in the Bible. And so this is proving that the Bible here was accurate when it describes, when it describes this city being built. Um on uh, the border of, of Judah. Now people are going to come in and say that it's absolutely impossible. It's Israelite now. They're going to say that, okay, you're right, you've found something from 920 and you have a biblical you have a you have a historical text that talks about somebody building the city. but no, it couldn't be them. it was the Canaanites. It was the Philistines. It was another person that built this city at precisely the same time as when the Bible says another figure um, another figure built it. Let's have a read of this. Tel Aviv University's pro- Professor Nadav Na'aman of the Middleman's camp is a lot less impressed by the wall discovered in Lachish. He suggests waiting for a peer-reviewed publication of the find and explains that even if fortifications found in Lachish do date to the 10th century BCE, that doesn't prove that a great kingdom of Judah existed at the time. Naman points out the other cities uh, cited in the Bible is incorrect. These other places that are uh, mentioned here in Chronicles have been thoroughly excavated. Um, and we haven't seen anything from Rehoboam's time. That is just such a funny argument. <laughs> because same as Lachish, same as Lachish, this place was this place was excavated so much in the past 80 years and up to now they hadn't found a fortification there from, Sol- from Rehoboam's time. And so she mentions other places where they've had lots of excavations, and up to this point they haven't found one, and so you know, the Bible can't be right. Well, maybe just wait there as well. Maybe you will find one. Again, all, not, not all these places have been fully excavated. None of these places have been fully excavated. Now, further on in this article, Naaman says that the thick wall at Lachish, like at Kayafa, which is another site that Garfinkel has excavated from, from King David's time, Um, nobody disputes that it's from King David's time, reveals nothing about who actually built it. The credit may not belong to the kings of Judah in Jerusalem, but to the Philistine king ruling from Gath, or maybe somebody else entirely. Naaman doesn't think that Judah is even the likeliest candidate. Quote, in the 10th 10th century BCE, Judah was still very peripheral and very weak, It only began to gain strength in the 9th century BCE, he says. And so this is just the type of the the condition um, that Israeli archaeology is in right now, where you have most, I would say, most like to try and hug the center and not offend the biblical maximalists or minimalists. Um, But the loudest voices right now are these type, that would say, uh, in the 10th century BCE, Judah was very small and peripheral, very weak. It only began to gain strength in 9th century BCE. Well, of course you can say that. You can say that because you throw out every bit of evidence that they find that proves that Judah was centralized, had a centralized authority that was strong from the 10th century BCE like this. It's easy to throw it out again. Surely, surely, some of these people can see um, the very how illogical this argument is. That you have a historic source that says somebody built this place, and then you find what they built or a large structure dating to exactly that time, and to say that it's least likely that that historical source is accurate when there isn't any other historical source that mentions a group building this city at the same time? Sure, if you had some Philistine writings from 2,900 years ago that said, or Canaanite writings that said, we built Lachish in, well, the relative date of 920 BCE, sure, then then there should be a debate. But if you have a historical source that clearly shows you who built it, and then you have, you find that very, the very proof in that location. Surely 1 plus 1 should equal 2. And so I think it does. And I think as time goes on and more of these discoveries are made, more of these places are excavated, and especially in this southern region of Judah, more is going to be discovered from King David's time. It has been. I mean, that's what's so wonderful about this. Really, sites from King David's time, conclusively proven from King David's time and Solomon's time, have only been really coming around in the past 20 or 30 years. Archaeology is a relatively new science. Uh, Bible denial, in terms of history, the history of the Bible, that goes back a whole lot earlier. And so they've drummed up their arguments. They've written their papers. And I was just going back and reading a lot. Um, just about the commentaries on um, biblical minimalist commentaries on Lachish before the program, and then talking about how it, this time of Rehoboam, how it's only mentioned during uh, in the Book of Chronicles, and so it's a very late edition. And surely, you know, you know, the, the Bible can't be accurate in its description there. And they're doing a lot of gymnastics to kind of try and say when it was written, why it was written after the fact, why it was made up, why it was projected back on the early Kingdom of Judah. Or Judah in Israel, this uh, would be just Judah at this point. They come, they, they twist themselves into, they contort themselves to make these arguments, and then they put it out there and they publish it and they write books. And then a discovery like this comes out. It comes out. And instead of saying, oh, well, I was wrong, then they double down. They double down and they get further and further away from the truth as they hold on to their theories that they have received doctorates for, that they have received tenure for, that they have received scholarships for from all the other institutions that want to promulgate the work of these individuals that do away with the Bible. Well, thankfully, the facts are coming back out. The facts through the science of archaeology are making it clear, making it very clear, that the Bible Bible is is an extremely accurate source document written close to the time of the events that it describes and written in a way that, even in the minutest detail, it is telling the truth. I really think you should read this article. Again, I'll leave a link for it. It's entitled, Did the Kingdom of David Exist? New Wall Found in Southern Israel... Uh, Reignites Debates, and we'll have a feature article about it up on Watch Jerusalem soon, and so I guess you could just wait for that. That's all we have time for today. I'll be back in Israel next week uh, producing the show from Jerusalem, so I look forward to that. Thank you very much for taking time to listen to me. Uh, If you would like to send some feedback to our program, you can do that by sending your emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. Thank you very much to all of you that are sending in feedback. A couple of good ideas came in of some content that we might cover soon, and so I've, I've actually forwarded those along. Uh, to Mr. Christopher Reams and see if he can get cracking on some of that material. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.